Hello, Molo, Sawona, Jumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Durban. We are part of a global family of churches with the purpose to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. You can find us in big cities like London, New York, Paris, and Joburg. You can also find us in nations like Bangladesh, Botswana, China, and even Hawaii. In Durban, we have a local vision of being a healthy church that starts other healthy churches. Our mission is reach, disciple, impact. We want to reach every person, every campus, and every nation. Join this mission to honor God and advance His kingdom. Father, you are God of this nation. Okay, is everyone back? Hello, Levi. <laughs> How's everyone doing this morning? Come on, that's so that's good, eh? Um, I think today, because the aircons are working, we are grateful for social distancing. It's like, yeah, <laughs> the air can circulate and move through and reach every person. <laughs> can you just please stretch, stand up and give yourself a little stretch whilst I get this mic right? And Josh turns down the game. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, cool. Uh, we've been going through a series called Defined By. This is the final installment. We are coming to the end of the series. Um, so you won't be seeing... Oh, it's not up there. <laughs> so we'll be taking a break from that dictionary definition. And uh, we are moving to something else, something new. Uh, just a quick recap. We kicked off the series where we are looking at the gifts, the fruits of the Spirit. I started off with love and kindness that we are called to love others unconditionally, regardless of the time, season, the weather, whenever, however we feel like we are meant to love everyone, including our enemies, including everyone that tries to cancel us, and everyone that doesn't fix the aircon in time, and any other sort of person. We are called to love them. <laughs> then I followed up with, uh, um, we're called to being faithful. That we are called to faithfulness. In everything that we do, we are called to be faithful because God is faithful and He has called us to be faithful. Then Sandile came up. Um, I forgot. Little side joke. Like many moons ago, before there was a such a thing as COVID 19, uh, Sandile was supposed to preach on campus. And uh, we're like, what do you want to preach on? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to preach on the Davidic anointing. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess there was the Davidic anointing in the joy that he was preaching on. <laughs> he was preaching on joy. That um, where has the joy gone as we have grown older? That we should fight for joy. That is something that we need to grasp and grapple for. Is that we need to fight for joy. Then KB came up last week and he preached on peace. I mean, you know, you, you know when I asked him to preach on peace... Secretly in the back of my mind, I was expecting, you know, those ones that were like shalom, peace, wholeness, 
you know, that Christian type of faith, shalom, peace, nothing, no, nothing missing, nothing stolen, just Christian zen. <laughs> but he didn't preach on that. <laughs> just like peace with man and with God. And I'm like, that was not part of the script. Now we have to go make peace with other people, but that's good. <laughs> It was such a challenging word, an incredible word. Uh, today we're going to close it all off. Um, but before we do that, does anyone know the gifts, the fruits of the Spirit, right? At the top of our head. Okay, let's go. What is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against which there is no law. I am so good, that, it's so great that we all know this. But the series has not been about reminding us of the things that we all know already. Because we know them. It's about reminding us that we need to live them out. That they need to be an expression of our everyday life. Do you all remember how you'd learn uh, your ABCs? Well, I, I guess it depends on what quintile school you came from, but like most of the time when we learn our ABCs, it used to be part of a song. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. And then there comes that part there where everyone just turns into Buster Rhymes. Element of P. <laughs> but when my sister was trying to teach me, uh, how old was I? I was probably four or five or whatever. And she was trying to teach me uh, how to say my ABCs. And then she'd get to that part and she'd be like, element of And I'm like, okay. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite, um, what's the word? I'm quite pragmatic in my thinking. So it's like every letter, A, B, okay. Nah, nah. And then da, 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 da. Da, da, No, this does not make sense. What is that? Is this like, like a compound letter? That just like encompasses a whole lot altogether. But the reason why we do that is because that's how we learned. It's like it's part of the song. It flows, it rhymes, and it's all like that. I pray and I wish that the fruits of the Spirit may not become element of heat. That we rhyme them quickly and go through them like quickly. But it should be something that we are grappling with so that it becomes fruit in our lives. That we are working every day and working on L, on M, and N, and O, and a P. Because if we don't use them, if we don't look at these things individually and we just look at them as a compound, they will never, you can never create a sentence, you can never create a word because you don't know them. You just know this big letter called element of P. <laughs> so we need to understand like and, and grapple with every single fruits of the spirit. That we, we actually need to constantly, continuously grow in each and every single one of them. That we constantly seeking an opportunity to grow in each and every single one of them. Um, you know, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, something very, uh, there's a little passage, uh, just a tiny phrase in Luke 4, uh, verse 13, that just is just there. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness and his temptation was done. And it says, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. It was just like, let me leave you like for now. You know like how mosquitoes are like. You just have, you just go to bed and it's hot 
You start off with having all the energy and the strength in the world. <laughs> Turn on the lights. You chase it with the pillow and you're like, I'm not, you, you are going to die today. Until you run out of energy and you must sleep eventually. And then he's like, hey, I got you now. Bite you in the face, bite you in the toes, bite you in the legs, bite you everywhere. Um, we need, when you have a problem with mosquitoes, you need a constant solution. Just cover up or get, or get raid or doom or whatever or use a mosquito net. You need a constant solution. That's the same thing with the fruits of the spirit because the devil is constantly waiting and wait, looking around for an opportune time. That he's like waiting. It's like, I don't mind. Take your time. But, you know, once you slip up, then he's like, aha, I got my foot in the door. So we need to be constantly growing in the fruits of the spirit. For all you science nerds out there, that our growth in the spirit cannot be like a sine wave. Up and down, up and down, not really going anywhere. We don't know where we're going to be, but it depends on the day. Monday I'm up, Tuesday I'm down, Thursday I'm up and down and down and up and down. It needs to be constant. It needs to look like a log graph. It needs to look like, you know, the curve we've been trying to flatten. You need to unflatten your spiritual growth curve. (laughs) It needs to look like a skyscraper going forward that we're constantly growing in each and every day in love and peace in joy and kindness and goodness and self-control. So we are, that's why we want to talk about today is constantly growing. Growing in the spirit is like growing in character. And growing in character is like, it's like you know that the sink in your house. Different households have different strategies to keep the sink clean. There's the let it all pile up strategy. And then someone feels guilty and feels like, oh my goodness, we're going to get food poisoning and cleans it out. And then there's the roster strategy, which is the genesis of every form of sibling rivalry. <laughs> it's my turn, your turn. It was my turn, your turn. You've always like, and you know, we take turns to clean the dishes. And then there's the clean as you go strategy, which you all ideally aim for, but like we, you know, yeah, life happens, which is, you, as you, as you use it, you clean it. As you use it, you clean it. Growing in your character, growing in the fruits of the spirit is sort of like maintaining your kitchen clean and maintaining the dish and the sink of your heart clean. Because Jesus says it's not what comes out, of, not, it's not what comes in of a man that makes him unclean, it's what comes out of him. So if you don't do the maintenance right and you have the pile up strategy, that thing that is piling up, it's going to eventually emit and radiate in the room. Like, you know, like, you know, when you have like a pile of stinky clothes and you close the windows and you close the doors and you walk away, but you come back, you're like, well, what happened? Some of us, we can get to a point like that if we just keep overlooking certain things. And we're just like, oh, no, just keep overlooking it. But the point is, we need to address it and we need to grow in it constantly. It's not an easy thing. It's a difficult thing, but it's beneficial to all of us. So today, I'm just going to give, go through four things that we need to do to make sure that we constantly are growing in our character and we're growing in the spirit. Uh, the first one is humility. Matthew 5 verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, 
For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever been broke? You know there's like different categories of being broke. There's the first category that's like, I can tell everyone that I'm broke. Like, ah, oh, do you have any money? No, I'm broke. But you, you've got food, you, you know, you can get home, you can get by. But you're like, oh, I'm so broke. And there's a different kind of broke, which is the broke broke. Where you are even ashamed to tell people that you're broke. Because you probably can't afford food, you should like taxi money is hard to come by and all of that and all of those type of things. There's a certain thing in us, which is corporate, uh, does not allow us to acknowledge when we are in lack. And Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are, blessed are the broke in spirit. You know like broke, like turn your pockets outside in kind of broke. If you are broke like that in the spirit, blessed are you. Because only when we acknowledge that we're broke, then God can come in with his grace and deposit. I had this other moment, like interesting encounter with my niece the other day. Uh, I was picking her up from school and we ended up going to the spa, uh, the shop, not the, not the spa. <laughs> Taking a nine-year-old to that kind of spa, I was like, I don't know if it's worth the effort. <laughs> Those fingers will be back in the mud in two seconds. <laughs> so we get in there, and she just keeps walking around. She just like she picks up the chocolates. She looks at the price. She looks. She puts it down. She looks at the other thing, and then because I have a shopping list, so I just let her run wild. Like she knows where I am. She keeps zigzagging the shop and she comes back with this other toxic sludge looking kind of sweet. And I'm like, what is that? And she goes away and she puts it back. Eventually, I buy her ice cream. And then when we're sitting in the car and she's eating ice cream and she's like, yo, there's nothing in that shop for two rand. <laughs> I'm like, why? why, why it's, it's not a tuck shop. It's not like the lady outside your school who sells sweets. It's like it's a grocery shop. And she's like, well, I only have two rand. I think sometimes we can be like that. That I've got two rand. It's fine. I can get by. Let me go through life with my two rand. And we struggle. And we face difficulties. And... We are moody, we're broody, we have relational dysfunctions, we have all these sorts of things, we don't have peace, we all know all that, but I just have two rand. Jesus says, blessed are those who are poor. We say, I, two rand is not enough. That's being poor. Like, I, I, no, this, I, it, I have some, but no, this is not enough. <laughs> I need more. Lord, give me more. That's what we need to do. Live a lifestyle when we acknowledge because only God can fill us up when we don't. We, there's no other place where we can find righteousness. There's no other place where we can find a filling up in addition of righteousness apart from being coming to God and coming to Him and asking Him to fill us up. Jesus said also in the, the Beatitude, He also says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Sometimes there's an issue of being satisfied with just the mean average of everyone around you. Like being satisfied with being as nice as Wayne and being as patient as... Who 
who's patient in here? Tabs, yes, you are patient. Lord, you're patient. <laughs> you know, like, and we look at them and we're like, ah, those are my standards. Let me just keep it there. Like, we keep it here. My aim is to get there. But the honest truth is that, you know, God is our standard. God is, calling, is constantly calling us to His standard. And if we're satisfied with being at the level of everyone else, we can never fully reach God's standard. There's something that happens in the Bible when people encounter God and have a close relationship with Him. When, G- when Peter was fishing and Jesus comes and he has this encounter with Jesus, what happens is Peter realizes, hold up, you are probably God and I am just a sinful man. Like, go, there's this understanding of the lack of righteousness in him. Even when Jesus was healing, was healing uh, people that are demon-possessed, the people were chasing him away. Like, you're too good, go away. We can't stay with you. Isaiah had a moment where he's like, woe is me of unclean lips because I live amongst men of unclean lips. Whenever we get closer to God, the standard shifts. Paul, who started off being as a Pharisee, ended off his life saying, I am the chief of sinners. That's how bad I am. That's how what you need to acknowledge is that when you, whenever we get closer to God, he gives us a standard. Not that we're okay with the standard of being around other people. Like, oh no, I'm okay with whatever. So we need to be humble enough to acknowledge that we are not meeting the standard, that we, you know, we are far from it. And we need to be humble enough to be teachable. My goodness, we're such a problem in, this, in, in, this, in these days. This thing called being teachable. We are so pro-freedom of speech, pro, uh, you know, let me guard my inner peace. I don't want other things that are toxic around me, which is a good thing, by the way. Step away from toxic things. But the problem comes when, like, what is your definition of toxic? Is it something that upsets you? Then it's subsequently toxic. If you get challenged about your behavior and all of those things, then you get hyper, whoa, whoa. You can never grow unless you get shaken up a little bit. You, you, we, can, we need that shaking up. And if we are so guarded and we're so like, we need to be humble enough to listen when people talk, talk about certain things in your character. Even um, Steve Murrell once said, even your hardest crit- critic has a tiny bit of truth in what they say. We need to learn to find those tiny little gems of truth in the muck of toxic, toxicity and all of that. We just need to pull out the gem of truth that requires us to be humble and, and for us to not be too wise, to be too wise in our own eyes. If you're constantly right, you need to check yourself. If you constantly feel like you're justified all the time, you need to check yourself. Secondly, what we need uh, in order for us to grow in our character, we need to be secure in who we are. Uh, I think was it two months or a month, last month, I heard something like that 
I've been thinking about for the longest time and it's only making sense now. Uh, Someone said, pride and insecurity are the same thing. Like it took me, if you've you've just caught on that now, well done, you're smart. That took me quite a while to just piece it all together. (laughs) The thing with with insecurity is that when we're insecure, character growth, it becomes a very difficult thing. Because every time you get correction, it feels like someone is attacking you. It feels like a personal attack. So you are constantly defensive. And your guard is up. And you can never like listen. Your ears are blocked. There's this problem that we have in our society that we listen to respond, not listen to understand. You know, everyone's got an opinion. That's great. You know, sometimes your opinion doesn't need to be heard. You need to listen to other people's opinion. You will learn more from listening, I'll tell you. (laughs) And the other flip side of that thing is that when you're insecure, you're constantly trying to please other people. That you don't want to ruffle feathers. That everything that everyone says goes. That you don't want to be brash and you don't want to be... Then you end up being hyper nice. Jesus delivered me from being hyper... Actually, did he deliver me from being hyper nice? I don't know. But there was a, I was on a journey to be hyper nice. And then he was like, you don't come back. You're not going there. <laughs> Where, where our sole desire and our sole purpose is to make sure that everyone's okay with you. Where man-pleasing becomes a thing. Where we can't say things that are going to rub people up the wrong way. Because, whoa, what are they going to think of me? Then our character can't grow in that environment. You can't grow when you're constantly worried about what other people are going to think. Paul's, uh, where is this? Where am I? Oh yeah, there we go. You know, to be secure in God is to understand that first we are saved by grace. That Jesus died on the cross for all of us. That whilst we were sinners, Christ came and died. And we have become the righteousness of God. That um, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor hell, nor, nor powers of any other form of creation can separate us from the love of God. When we are secure in that and we understand that, then we are, should be able to be open to growing in our character. Because regardless of what anyone says, nothing should separate you from, will separate you from the love of God. He calls you the righteousness of Christ. Knowing and being secure in who God has called you to be and knowing that, it should allow us to be in a place where we are open to the process of sanctification. Because it's not about what we have done, it is what about He has done. And then because he has paid it all for us, there's still a problem. We are still wretch. And we need to go from being wretch into being conformed to the image of Christ. And that can only happen when we are all allowing ourselves for God to work in us. When we get saved, our problems with God get sorted. But when our problems with man don't necessarily go away. So we need sanctification. Or otherwise we'll be killing each other all the time. (laughs) 
that's why God puts us in the church. He puts us with people. Because so that we can just, you know, rub that little bit of meanness out of you. <laughs> and, you know, so that he can just pop up that bit of impatience. Like, here we go. Mm. Dust it all out. So, we need to get ourselves in that place where we're open to it. And we're seeking God to work in us. And being secure in knowing that who we are is secure in him. Nothing will change it. Thirdly, it is we need to have endurance. As I was prepping for this message, I felt the Lord speaking to me through the Lion King. I know, it's not the Simba chips I was eating. That's why I knew it was God, because I'm not really a Lion King person. Sunday day is. <laughs> you know in the Lion King, right? Simba is born into the royal family, and he's destined to become king. And he's so, anxious, he's so excited, and he desires to become king. He's eager to become a king. And then his uncle kind of, you know, does the things, and... He has to run away because he feels guilty for his father's death and he, he, he goes off. And then he meets Timon and Pumbaa. And those two teach him this philosophy of Akuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. My goodness, it took me forever to say Akuna Matata instead of Akuna Matata. Overcoming years of programming by Disney. So Simba gets into this philosophy of Akuna Matata, where they eat grubs, swim all day, life is easy, you know, once the song goes, it means no worries for the rest of your days, it's a problem fee, philosophy, Akuna Matata. So that's the philosophy that he is living under. But there's a problem that Simba was destined to be king. And now he's stuck in this place of prolonged adolescence with Timon and Pumbaa. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying Timon and Pumbaa are bad people. They're great, you know. They're there for him in the long run. But they just want him to stay in this place and just eat grubs and lounge around and be happy and be fun. But that is short-circuiting his destiny. Until Nala comes around and he tells him, hey, at home there's issues. And then we have this early childhood introduction to incest that no one really talks about, but it's there. <laughs> and um, he, has to have, he has this moment of reckoning where he has to realize, do I stay here with this philosophy of Akuna Matata? Or I need to face a certain things in my life and in around me so that I can ultimately reach the destiny that I was destined for. It's very easy to stay in a place of comfort. It's very easy to find places and pockets of comfort. Like places where you don't have to have difficult conversations with people. So let's rather not talk to them. Places where this friend said something that I didn't like so therefore maybe I shouldn't hang out with them where these little places where I'm impatient so maybe I should not put my, myself in places where this little thing in me is going to come out 
and we find places where we come where, where we are comfortable and we make sure that the flesh is okay and we just like massaging it and rubbing it and we're like okay stay here we're fine yeah it's okay stay here if we do that then we un- we will never reach what god has destined for us we will never fully achieve what god has called us to have you Rarely do you see someone being fired for being inadequate in their job. Like it takes a while for someone to say, you know what, you are really terrible at what you do. I can't take it anymore. Go. But when character is an issue, when character is an issue, you will, it will be quick. You'll get out of there so fast that your head will spin. Rarely do you see people being fired for, 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 for not being skilled or not being like the best at their job, but when their character is an issue that becomes a problem. We can never fully become what God has called you to be unless we have this endurance to go through the difficult moments and push through the moments of being unliked and being unpopular, the moments of feeling like you're fighting with yourself. I want to tell God, I just want to give him a piece of my mind. Oh, I just need to release and, you know, have an anger outburst and flip the table and walk out of here. That moment of like, let me just hold that in. <laughs> let me hold that in. Because when we have that endurance to hold that in, then we are able to achieve, to, 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 to become who God has called us to be. If we are not going to be able to grow in ability to love, you might not be the best, the, the father that God has called you to be. You might not be the boss that God has called you to be because your temper is very like, you know. I'm like that, you know, we make excuses and all that stuff. We are short-circuiting our destiny by doing all sorts of things. You might be successful in the world's eyes that you can get ahead and you can be successful. But in God's standards, you are not doing what he's called you to do. In God's standards, you are not being the uncle that he's called you to be. You are not being the brother that he's called you to be. You are not being the friend that he's called you to be because you lack that. So we have to be able to endure difficult circumstances and push through difficult times. In Philippians 3, Paul says, Not that I have already obtained um, all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold of that of which Christ of, of, of that which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Not that I, not that you, you, you're perfect, not that you are 100% where you want to be in your character, but you need to press on and push forward and push through difficult things until you need to break that shoe in of character until it, you, 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 you get molded in, it gets molded into you. Fourthly, we need to spend time in God's presence. In John 7, in John 7 uh, verse 37, uh, it says, On the last day of the feast, uh, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Uh, so what's this great day? What's this feast and what's this great day? It's the, it's the feast of tabernacles. 
So what happens during the Feast of Tabernacles is that the Jewish people, they go make little, uh, what they call, uh, you know, little tabernacles. And boots, yeah, they call them boots. In South Africa, you probably call it umkuku or a shack or jondolo or a cabin or any of those things. And they have to live there for a period, for a week. And they eat and it's a very festive time. You know, a lot of people overindulge and eat and get drunk and all of that. So that's that kind of season in the Jewish calendar and in, in the Jewish community where everyone, it's sort of like December for South Africans, you know? You know, like there's this period called December and then there's this great day called New Year's where we get to celebrate. It's like, woohoo, it's the last one. <laughs> so it's like, imagine Jesus getting up during New Year's where everyone's supposed to be merry and happy and he says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He's not talking about thirst that the, we, we, we think about. He's talking about dissatisfaction. That the, um, this, feast, the, this, uh, um, this festival of tabernacles is normally referred to as, like as the great time or, like the, or the, the feast of our greatest joy. At the moment where everyone was at their greatest joy, Jesus says, supposed to be at the greatest joy, if anyone is thirsty, if anyone is dissatisfied with the status quo, if there's something in you that is longing, if there's something in you that is falling short, if there's something in you that is wondering, if you are lacking in anything, come to me and drink. Now the pragmatic in me is like, Jesus, how do we drink this? Like, Come to me and drink. So what were they going to do? They were going to come to Jesus. It was going to pray for them. What was going to happen? I don't know. Use your imagination. Go out. But I, all I know is, is that when we are thirsty and we are not dissatisfied, God is giving us an invite to say, come to him. Come to his presence. Commune with him. Enter his presence. Spend time in his presence. Be filled with the Spirit. Let Him saturate you inside and out. Hear His voice. Let Him speak over your troubles. Let Him speak over your worries and your anxieties and all the things that are stressing you out. When we come to God's presence, it's not that the circumstances and the situations around us are going to change, but there's something that definitely changes is our insides. We go a little stronger. We grow a little resolute. We grow a little firmer. We grow up a little more when we enter into his presence. His presence has a certain way of addressing all the little quirks and the little things that are not right with us. So we need to spend time in his presence. And let him shape our character and let him shape who we are. It's been a very difficult two years. It's been a very difficult season. It's been a very hard period in time. But there's certainly one thing, as I come to the end of the sermon, there's certainly one thing that we cannot afford to be. And that is to be fatalistic. And to sit back and let life happen to us. And just go, c'est la vie. Oh, they burned that thing. Oh, c'est la vie. And we or get caught up in grief and caught up in all these things. It's a difficult, I mean, like this weekend or this week alone, I feel, I think two of my friends have buried loved ones. 
Two people that I know have buried their mother over this weekend. That's how the world we're living in. But we cannot afford to be fatalistic and slip under depression and slip under the spirit that is prevailing and slip under these things that are happening in us. We need to rise up. Glebe said last week, character counts. In difficult moments, is that, that's when you see true character. That's, what you, that's when you see what people are made of. That's when we need to rise up. I think in this past two years, what we have done is had a period to exercise and get our weight up. If, if, if you're lacking in any area that um, is in your character, there's still room. You know, Jesus, God teaches you how to grow in your character in the most harshest of ways. <laughs> but eventually, you, we will get there. But what we need in this season is to not look forward and to, is not to look despondent and to look down. We need to rise up. We need to stand up. We need to face tomorrow and shape history. Let not life happen to us. Let us happen to life. And that needs us to be firm. It needs us to be resolute. It needs us to be firm in who we are in identity, to be growing in the knowledge that we are made in the image of God, that he has called us to transform nations, that we are called to love our neighbor, that we are called to be peace, to be peaceful, to be gentle, to fight for joy, regardless of who gets elected and who doesn't get elected, or regardless of every circumstances that is surrounding us, we need to contend for it. Be firm and be strong in it. As I close, can we all just stand? Romans 5 verse 3 says, But we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been, who has been given to us. God, God's love has been poured out into our hearts. Regardless of what life is throwing at us, there is something greater on the inside of us. And there's something greater, which is God's love and is God's spirit working in the inside of us, working in the midst of our pain, working in the midst of our challenges. And we need to allow him to shape us, that we may be constantly being transformed daily by day, daily, daily, going from glory to glory, from glory to glory, from strength to strength, until we reach the full measure of who Christ is. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord God. Jesus, we open up our lives. We open up, God, our hearts, Lord Jesus. God, we admit that we are broke. That we fall short, Lord God. We lay down our lives, Lord Jesus. We say, come speak to us, Lord God. God, come add, Lord Jesus, where there is nothing. Holy Spirit, I pray that you fall on us, Lord God. Refresh our hearts, Lord God. 
Strengthen us, Lord Jesus. Pour out your joy, Heavenly Father. Pour out your peace, Lord God. Pour out your love, Lord Jesus. God, give us endurance, Lord God. Lord, give us the ability to overcome, Lord Jesus. Lord, give us the ability to endure, Lord God. I just sense like some of us have had such a long year and it's been hard and it's been trying and it's been difficult and we feel like, you know, almost like giving up or just, we just want to lie down and don't want to do anything else. But I just feel like God wants to pour out himself into you. Just wants to pour out a little bit more. Heavenly Father, just release your spirit, Lord God. Release Holy Spirit. Lord God, we come to drink deep of your love, Lord Jesus. Fill us up, God. Pour it out, Lord. Fill us up, God. Thank you, Lord. I feel like the Lord is really challenging some of us today who might have been living in a Hakuna Matata attitude. I feel like God's calling some of you who are, have just, you've just been hiding <laughs> with, uh, with a philosophy of just, you know, stay undercover. Just, just be quiet. Just hakuna matata. Don't rush, uh, ruffle the feathers. Don't cause a stir. Just stay under the radar. Just and and I feel like there's a calling for kingship or girls are you okay? Queenship <laughs> on your life. And uh, and I just think the enemy, you know, he comes and he tries and he sells us a philosophy of just just eat. Have your food, have your Netflix series, have your couch, have your little comfortable Hakuna Matata, create your little safe space and just stay there. And I just think there's so many of us here who are called for so much more than that. And I feel like the appropriate response today is to is to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for hiding. I'm sorry for just shrinking back. I'm sorry for staying under the radar. Today I make a decision to rise up and be and fulfill the destiny that you have for me. To rise up and be a leader. To rise up and let my light shine. To rise up and be a voice. To rise up and be a force of good in this earth. To to rise up and 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 be the disciple that you've called me to be. To go and make disciples like you said I should. To to stop hiding where it's safe, to stop hiding where I feel like it's just, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. And Father, for all those, if that's you today, why don't you just lift up your hands? I'm going to just pray for courage. Lord, I pray for courage. Lord, over all of us, Lord God, who are shrinking back, 
And we know we're born for so much more. We're born for so much more. Lord, I pray for a dose of courage this morning to step out of the comfort zone, to step out into the unknown, to step out into the place, Lord God, that you may have called us to. And I pray for boldness, Father God, to come upon your bride this morning. I pray for boldness, Lord God, to fall on us, Lord God, that we would be a bold church, that we would be a courageous church, that we would go and be like Paul who said, one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind, I press on, I press on, it's difficult, it's scary, it's fearful, it's, I don't know what to do next, but I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to go where you're calling me to go. I'm going to do what you're calling me to do, Lord. Thank you for that boldness this morning, Jesus. Thank you for that boldness. And Lord, we all stand here today, Lord, realizing, yo, we're so broke, broke, Lord. We so need to have more of you in our lives. We so need to reflect you in, <laughs> in, in every moment of every day. And we just acknowledge our poverty before you, Father. And we say, fill us, fill us with your nature. Fill us with these beautiful fruits of the Spirit. Lord, let them be success to us. Lord, we, we're so often chasing success in the world what the world says success is but success to you is love it's joy it's peace it's patience it's kindness it's goodness it's gentleness it's faithfulness it's self-control in the midst of a broken world and we just realign our souls this morning lord and say right that's what we're pursuing amen amen let's give the lord a hand thank you jesus thank you for a thorough work uh, thank you, Spore. You're a legend, bro. What a great word. Just to, to all our first-time visitors, uh, if you're here for the very first time, just a reminder, there's a connect zone outside where we've got some tea and coffee and treats, and some of our leaders are there to meet you. Please take your flag and go get a treat. Um, and to the rest of us, I hope you have a good Sunday, a good week ahead. I just want to release a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up His countenance over you, be gracious to you, and fill you with peace. Amen. Amen. Church, if you need prayer for anything, please, the altar is open. We have leaders up here. If you need to chat to someone or if you need healing in your body, in your soul, in any area of your life, you're more than welcome to come and get some prayer up here. We love to pray as a church. Amen. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.